This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, May 12th, and you are listening to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode. We will continue our look at some of the teams in the top 10 for the composite team recruiting rankings. And next up is Penn State, which just landed a commitment on Wednesday night. And to do so, we're going to bring in national recruiting analyst Brian Doan, and, and he is maybe the first analyst to ever have an intro music. And, and I'm going to cue it up here. I don't know if you hear that, Brian, but, <laughs> but I got, I got this, you know, we, we're, we've, we've partnered with oh. CBS. We are a CBS oh. company well, and I'm giving you well a nice little intro here. Little champions league. And for those that uh, are unfamiliar, it will be Liverpool versus Man City playing in Paris trying to figure out how I can get CBS to send me on assignment for that because not only do you get to go to the Champion League's final but Paris I mean geez Louise what a great what what a great opportunity that would be so I'm not sure who I have to uh discuss that with but hopefully they're listening you can expense it maybe I don't know there, there's a there's, there's a no way maybe. You, right? <laughs> so maybe I'm gonna I mean if I'm going there I'm expensing it there, I let it. I let it play all the way through for you, Brian Thank Doan, you. and and Thank I'm surprised you, you have Thank time you. to join us on the podcast and to do any work. I mean, your beloved Liverpool Football Club is still after the quadruple. They are. It's going to be tough to get, but I did just watch the Coppa Italia on uh, CBS, which was just a fantastic game between Inter and uh, uh, and geez, Juve, Juventus, and Juventus in extra time. It was really a good game. And, you know, I'm sure the Penn State, listen, the Penn State board is awesome and they can all appreciate this stuff because there is a great soccer thread that is a hundred thousand replies deep, I think on that or a hundred thousand page views on it. It's incredible. Um, so th- I, I'm sure they appreciate this. Brian, I always let you talk soccer whenever we are uh, joined yes. forces here on this podcast, and, and you will get a chance to give us your thoughts on maybe the FA Cup final or the Premier League chase and maybe even that Champions League final uh, at the end. So our listeners, if you want to hear Brian Doan's hot takes on everything <laughs> in the world of soccer, make sure you stay t- to the end of this this episode. But we did want to discuss Penn State and the run that they've been on this spring, Brian, has been pretty significant given the fact that on the field, things weren't as as rosy as it has been maybe for some of the other programs in that top 10 mix in the composite team recruiting rankings. And you, you and I have been on this show numerous times discussing James Franklin, his name being a commodity whenever there are new openings in the coaching world. And I think the program benefiting from its past and and its brand. Uh, But right now, I mean, make no mistake about it. You have to tip your hat to the job that they are doing in recruiting, despite maybe some of the lackluster results on the field. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if you go back two years, 
I think that's kind of a wash when you were dealing with the COVID season, because even though, give them credit, they played all their games, I believe, but you don't know how it was impacting the, the daily stuff and who was there for game preparations and, and that stuff. And, you know, I, I think it's a great way to get into what they're doing this year is look at what happened last season. They were rolling. They're at Iowa playing really well. You're thinking, boy, this team if they keep going like this, they could be in the playoff picture. Sean Clifford gets hurt. You know, they have to bring in Taquan Roberson as the backup. It does not go well at all. And then kind of they're, they're trying to get Clifford on the field with injuries and he's not performing like you need. They don't have that great backup that they could really go to because Will Levis, you know, had left the year before and went to Kentucky. Roberson has now transferred to UConn. And so, you know, how does that all relate to the class now? Well, we know that Sean Clifford's there. We know Drew Allard, the top quarterback from the 22 class, signed with Penn State, is at Penn State. And then they turn around and they go land Marcus Stokes out of Florida, who just so happens to be our number 10 quarterback in the country in the 23 class. And I think it's significant on a lot of levels. Obviously, if he's rated that high, he's really good. But, you know, and, and I had spoken to this before about about it with whether it's Tyler Donahue or Mark Brennan at, at lines 247. And when you look at whether it's Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, they always had that next quarterback in case somebody got hurt, a high-level kid. And I think for the first time, you know, you're looking, you have, well, you'll have Clifford this year with Drew Allar, who who's a freshman, but really talented. And then when Clifford leaves, you'll have Drew Allar, and then you'll have Marcus Stokes with him there. And you have two really highly talented kids. And and I, I don't mean to slight Christian Vio, who's, who's at Penn State and, and all that, but that's how you really, when you look at college football, it's really important to have that kind of depth in that room on somebody that you can really rely on if the starter's out for a game or two. Yeah, re- really important. And like you mentioned, right, it, it might be easy for some of the other heavy hitters in the world of college football to be able to stack the five-star after five-star, sprinkle in a four-star here and there. There's going to be some attrition right now, especially with the transfer portal being as active as it is, that I, I think you have to hit on a guy every year just to assure yourself of having some quality in that QB room. And and that's exactly what I think Marcus Stokes allows this, this class to have. They have quality at the quarterback position, but you look at top to bottom, they have a five-star committed already from the state of Virginia and Alex Birchmeyer, and that gives them you know, some real staying power, I think, right? Like that's a big time cornerstone foundation piece that you build a class around. Then you add another top 100 offensive lineman and Javen Williams out of the state of Pennsylvania. And, and and that gives you, I mean, two guys right there that you can kind of bookend and build around. And, and this was a very important piece of emphasis. This was a position that you and I have discussed in the past, right? They, they were sending out offers Early on in this class, they were aggressively pursuing even players in the 2022 class, um, but kind of maintaining their sights and, and their focus on this next class after missing on some guys that they were in on. This this is, I think, the other important part of this class is the fact that they are shoring up a big-time position of need along the offensive line, Brian. I think when you look at Penn State and you talk about the areas of improvement that were needed. You know, we all know about, you know, some of the defensive players, Michael Parsons, Jason Awe, you know, guys like that going high in the draft. They've always had the players on defense. They've had some running backs. You look at receivers with, you know, KJ Hamler, Jahan Dotson, just, you know, 
just to name a couple. Quarterback, we know it's been kind of an up and down thing since McSorley left, but I think Sean Clifford really started getting comfortable last year. He's a kid I really like going back to when I met him at the opening when he used to have it out in Oregon. Now, I didn't mention the O-line. The O-line has always been that one piece that's kind of like, yeah, they're okay. And they're getting better and better. Phil Troutwine is now more established at Penn State to where he could really sink his teeth into recruiting. And I think you're seeing it a lot in the 23 class because, again, in 22, you couldn't get a lot of those kids on campus until last June. And for a lot of them, you know, recruiting had really gone pretty far. And, and so it was difficult. But you, know, you mentioned Alex Birchmeyer, who I absolutely love out of Ashburn Broad Rush down in Virginia. Jay Van Williams, a Pennsylvania kid who, I mean, we love the, the dual sport guys who is out there throwing the discus and shot put at unbelievable distances, which suggests his explosion. But then you got two others. You have Joshua Miller, from Life Christian Academy down just outside of Richmond in Virginia. And he's a really good player, you know, maybe 6'4", six, 6'4 four, six, four and a half. I just saw him Sunday. Now you're talking about a kid who was wearing Crocs, puts the clip on Twitter dunking wearing Crocs off of one foot. Pretty impressive for a kid that size. And I watched him. He, he, he lost weight. He's, he's about 3'10", 3'15 now. He bends well. He moved well laterally. He looked a lot more athletic than he had in the past. So you like having him on board and, you know, how good is he? Well, Georgia just offered him. He says he's solid with Penn State. But again, Georgia offered him. It shows you that he, he's doing something right in some of these workouts. And they have another kid from Virginia, Anthony Donka, who a lot of people don't know about because he's at a school that only played football for two years. And he, I saw him in March. He's long. He's athletic. He can bend incredibly well. And he's just a kid that as we get further along, maybe his ranking increases. He's got some work to do in terms of, you know, strength development and some technique, but the athleticism and the length are there. So I, I think their class is really good. And I could see him probably taking at least one more, maybe two more. Yeah. And they're continuing to work on on other guys. One of them that you recently wrote about, Samson Okunlola. Uh, what can you tell us about his process and, and kind of where Penn State fits in with that mix? Well, I mean, he's unbelievable because I saw him on Sunday as well. He's a top 247 guy, but he's also the number 25 player in our class. And, you know, he's long, he's athletic. It was so easy for him. I, I was talking to a coach about it. I mean, not only could they not, you know, he went again in his first two reps, he went against the kid who's in the 24 class, who's a top 100 kid in the 24 class and just shut him down. And it wasn't even like he broke a sweat. He, he, his body control is tremendous. And I mean, he's just so talented, so athletic. He also is going to take a long time with his commitment. His brother announced with us on CBS HQ on signing day last year when he went to Pittsburgh. And in talking to Samson, I think he's going to pretty much, you know, go pretty late in, in the process as well. He said probably three official visits in June, maybe four, but probably three. Plans on putting out a top five, I think June 2nd. He'll make a visit or two officially in the fall. And so he plays at Thayer Academy, which is a, uh, just outside of Boston. They play a lot of Saturday games, so it's not like he's going to be out there getting everywhere during the season. He has not made a ton of visits, but Penn State is right there in it, and Penn State was one of the few places he went to. He made, made two visits in January. Uh, he went to Penn State, he went to Rutgers, and then you know in the spring, he went and visited Michigan and Michigan State. He's been to Georgia with his brother, 
Ohio State's there. there. There's a long way to go in this one, I guess, is my point. But Penn State is working hard to secure an official visit. It's just a matter of do you try to get them in June or do you try to wait and get them? You know, if you're Penn State, do you try to get them late in the season? Yeah, that would be another really big piece and another important component of this Penn State class if they were able to land him. We're going to continue our conversation on Penn State recruiting with Brian Doan. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Blair Angulo joined by national soccer correspondent Brian Doan, also here to discuss the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are right now are building a top five class in the 2023 composite team recruiting rankings. And, and Brian, coaches, especially college coaches, I feel like might say that they aren't chasing anyone or they aren't measuring themselves against any other program, especially when it comes to recruiting, especially when it comes to evaluations and landing commitments. But I think we could all agree that Penn State and and maybe other schools in the Big Ten can't fall behind too far from Ohio State in a talent acquisition standpoint. How much would you say that that is a driving force right now for James Franklin and that staff to continue to maybe keep that gap as minimally distanced as, as possible? You know, it's funny you say that because I did a podcast a while ago for Lines 247 and and this is, I mean, this is the truth. And, and I think of this with, it, when I'm looking at the Big Ten, I think of this with Michigan and I think of this with Penn State. Every time they get a commit, I ask myself, does this help them beat Ohio State? And so it's become kind of like a running joke on the Penn State board when they get a commit or, or you know, or if they're uh, putting in a crystal ball or somebody visits, hey, does this help us beat Ohio State? But it, it speaks to exactly what you said. I mean, Penn State can be a perennial top 10 program, but they still need to get to the playoff. They haven't been to the playoff under James Franklin. I think, you know, one year they should have been there and and weren't there, but that's kind of some of the things that the Big Ten needs to work out and make sure that their championship game is more meaningful sometimes with, with having two really good teams like you'll see in the SEC often. But I mean, to me, that's what this is about. Like if you're at Illinois or, or some of the other places right now, your, your goal is, Hey, how do we compete? How do we get better? How do we get into November having a chance to get to the big 10 championship game? I think a lot of teams in the big 10 are at that point. Th- and those State, are reasonable. Those are reasonable goals, right? Like those are attainable question. goals. I mean, yeah. Yes. And, and that's what it should be. And now every coach is going to say, look, we want to win a national championship. And I appreciate that because you always want to think that. But the reality is at Penn State, that's what you're going to be 
you're going to be judged at Penn State on did you get to the playoff. And in order to get to the playoff, you have to be able to knock off Ohio State, right, if you're Penn State. And, you know, I know I get Michigan went there last year. But right now, the standard bearer remains Ohio State. And if Michigan can get there a few more times, then they'll be in that conversation too. But are you chasing Ohio State? Well, you're chasing really good players that fit you at Penn State. You're not going to take a kid that doesn't fit what you want, doesn't fit your culture, will not be happy, you know, in state college. But you also better be taking kids that are helping you beat Ohio State because, you know, 10 and 2 is a great season. But sometimes people complain about 10 and 2 if you don't beat Ohio State. Yeah. Right now, obviously, with Ohio State, what they're able to do at receiver, at quarterback, at some of these skill positions, if you are competing directly against that, you have to be able to recruit playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and then maybe follow a similar blueprint from what we saw out of Michigan in, in 2021, right? Get a big-time edge rusher that can change the game at the line of scrimmage and get you some big bodies along the offensive line that can control the game and control the trenches. And that's how maybe you are able to slow down and have a chance to beat that that juggernaut that is, you know, obviously the the Buckeyes program right now. And I think you have to kind of like what Penn State is doing in in that department, in in that regard, right? And having built a number six class in the rankings last year, a top five class this year, they are acquiring some of that talent that you need to be able to compete uh, and ultimately attain some of those goals, winning a Big Ten championship, getting to a playoff. And uh, I think that's exactly what James Franklin is trying to do. But before we go, Brian, and before we get maybe to a little bit of soccer talk, uh, this is, I think... A really important summer for for Penn State and and other programs, um, especially after everything is is open and everything is it's free in terms of going out and taking visits and and being able to show off a true campus atmosphere and and all that sort of stuff. I feel like we're more in under normal circumstances. How big is is in state recruiting for Penn State right now, and and what do you envision them trying to accomplish this summer heading into to the season? Well, I mean, it's an interesting concept from the standpoint of getting the in-state kids is really important as long as they're the right kids or the the high-end kids, right? I mean, like we just said, you you have to get the in-state kids who can help you be successful in winning the Big Ten and having a chance to get to the playoff. And it doesn't matter, you know, unless you're in, you know, Florida, Texas, California, it's going to be really hard for you to build your most of your class with the in-state kids. That said, there's always a few big-time kids coming out of Pennsylvania that you'd like to get. Last year, they beat Ohio State to get Nicholas Singleton, you know, just a stud running back from nearby, you know, Reading, Pennsylvania Governor Mifflin. And that was a huge win because he, he was liking Ohio State a lot early on in the process. They did not get a nigh white out of Philadelphia, the edge rusher who wound up going to Texas A&M. So you look at this class and they got Javen Williams and, and we spoke about him. But there's two guys out in Western PA that are really high level kids that can really help uh, continue their upward trajectory in terms of the talent at Penn State. And, and that's Rodney Gallagher, who's a top 100 uh, athlete for us. I think eventually we'll move him over to receiver because he's a kid that played quarterback, corner receiver in high school. And you know, he, he's set to officially visit in mid-June. And another guy officially visiting that weekend in June is uh, Tamir Robinson from Pittsburgh for sure. And he's uh, kind of, he started out in the rankings as a safety, then he became a linebacker. And now he's an edge because he's pushing 6'5". He's coming off of ACL. But, you know, he's got Penn State high on his list. He likes Virginia Tech a lot. 
down at Miami and he likes Miami a lot. So, you know, when you're talking about getting kids from your home state, I mean, I think getting those two kids from Western PA where they have great connections, especially if you Penn State assistant Terry Smith, who, you know, started in high school out there and then was a really good high school coach before he joined the college ranks. You, you got to get those kids, but you also can't just take kids because they're from your home state. They, they have to be kids that can help you win. A lot of really good insight there on Penn State and recruiting as they continue to charge towards the top of the composite team recruiting rankings. And Brian, the floor is yours, my friend. FA Cup this weekend. We got the Premier League title chase, which is looking a little dire right now with with Kevin De Bruyne doing what he does. Uh, And then the Champions League final on the final weekend of May. Uh, Your Liverpool football club have a chance to to make some history. What, what's the road looking like for you? Well, first of all, I think I just go through all this recruiting stuff just so I have a chance to talk soccer. So let's be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also your way of, of maybe finagling your way to Paris. Yeah, without, I mean, it could be historic, right? I, and and I will wait. tell you this. I was having a conversation with, with uh, my good friend, Adam Serrano. He's the LA Galaxy insider. I know who he is. Um, I know big who he time is. Liverpool fan. Yeah, big time Liverpool fan. And he said that if Liverpool wins either the Champions League or the Premier League, he's booking a flight to Liverpool so that he can go to the parade. Uh, I'm I'm questioning whether that's something that you're going to do. Yeah, I'd like to, but you know, having kids kind of throws a monkey wrench into that for me. Shots fired at Adam Serrano for not having children. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying, but but I look at it from this standpoint. The FA Cup, I would love to see them win the FA Cup just because it's another trophy. Um, it's one they haven't gotten in a while. Get it, get another different one for Jurgen Klopp and what he's done there. I, I think the Premier League, they looked really tired the last two games. They played a lot of games because they won the, the League Cup earlier. So they're playing basically too many games, to be honest. They looked tired when they tied against Tottenham. They looked tired when they survived against Aston Villa the other day. So the quadruple is a little much. I don't see Man City stumbling the way it would need to stumble because not only do they have to lose a game, but Liverpool's also going to have to make up some goal differential now because when Man City played over the weekend, I can't remember who they played, but I think it was more like a U15 team or a pub team with how many goals they scored. So, you know, the league, okay, I'd like to win it, but shoot, man, getting to Paris and having a chance to win a third trophy in Paris against Real Madrid, who at that point, I think Liverpool will be rested and Real Madrid is not playing a ton of high-level competitive games before that and so maybe Liverpool can come in a little bit sharper but boy just just to get there again and don't forget they're in that final and you go back to you know Allison Becker heading in that corner kick in stoppage time in the last game last year just to put him in the Champions League so I, I think all in all I go back to when you know go back eight years ago to when Liverpool was not good Let's put it that way. And just to be in all the, have the, all these opportunities, it's, it's wonderful. Brian Doan, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. When he is not learning French or taking French lessons, uh, he is bringing you all the latest recruiting scoop on everything but, in the but, Northeast for 247sports.com. But I will say this, Blair. I am taking my kids to the friendly in Cincinnati on June 1st against Morocco. So it will be our first, U- it'll be our first U.S. national game since uh, the pandemic hit. So it's because you're a good, good man, least, Brian. Though. I, well, I couldn't go by myself and then leave my kids at home. Let's be honest. I like but it. my wife I is like happy it. to be staying I like home. 
<laughs> very nice. Very nice. Well, like I said, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I'm playing you out again with the Champions League music. Hopefully your Liverpool football club can get it done and, and bring you a little joy uh, here as, as we head into the summer. So for Brian Doan and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the College Football Soccer Recruiting Podcast, Liverpool FC, Brian Doan, FC, everything under the sun, soccer talk with Mr. Brian Doan.